Welcome to the KHOW Podcast. You've joined a community who focuses on following the word, living the word, and doing the word. We hope you enjoy these messages. Every day, it's, it's, it's the day to start it with him and asking the Holy Spirit to really walk with me on this day because I have no idea what today is going to bring. But if he's with me, then I know all the things that we even talked about on Wednesday because, you know, I have to understand, you know, he is first training, right? Then after he does the training, he tells us what power we have. And then after the power, there's a command. Now go ye therefore. Mm. You know? And so this is why it's so important as a body of believers that we really understand, you know, what God is saying, even in the winds and the waves, because remember, Sometimes it comes in a small whisper. So if you allow those things to happen around you, then those voices become louder than God's. And so, you know, this is what happened even to the prophet. He was waiting. He saw all these amazing things and he thought that would be it. And, and then the Bible said, and then it came in a small, still voice, you know, that even when things are going on around us, God's voice can speak so softly through it and he can still he can still get our attention and command everything else to subject itself to him because it doesn't happen without him anyway. Mm. So, so yeah. So I thank you. Thank you for that. That's good. All good. It's all good. <laughs> that, is, that is, when I tell you that that is moving where in the direction where God wants to go this morning, I, I love how he confirms his word through his people. I just, I love it. So um, for those who are just joining us, good morning, Miracle Marlo. Good morning, Brother Mike. Hey, Julie. Shannon, it is great to see you. Great to see you. So Miss Tanya, Miss Tanya, great to see you too. So we, we are just um, answering the question, um, what do we do when our peace is disturbed? What is generally our first response? No, it does not have to be a perfect response because honestly, there is no such thing. So we are all in a train. We are all still in training. Honestly, as far as I'm concerned, I don't care how far you are in God. We are always learning. We are always being uh, pruned. Always. God has certain things for us in different spaces in our lives. So, and this is where we are at this point, this point in time. So definitely the question is still out if anybody wants to answer. But what I do want to say is a uh, happy birthday, Miss Ashley Proctor, where everybody, you know, is on. We'll give her some love. Shout her out. Happy birthday, Ashley. Happy birthday, I Ashley. She is engaging into some lovely self-care and I respect all of it. Thank you. <laughs> I respect all of it. Okay. Um, do we have any more before we get in? It's 11.50. Do, before we like get in it, do we have any more before I ask a couple people to pray? No, okay. Um, you know what? I would love to hear your voice this morning in prayer. Girl, on your birthday. Ashley, if you could start us off, I would love that. And Yvette, if you can pray after Ashley, that's amazing too. I would love it. First of all, Yvette, are you able to pray before Ashley starts? Oh, yeah. I am able. 
well, I know you able, girl. <laughs> that is able. Because <laughs> if not, I'll, I can definitely ask someone else. See that? Okay, Miss Tanya, are you available to pray this morning? Miss Tanya, if you can hear me. Nope. All right. Minister Jermaine, if you can pray after Ashley, that'd be amazing. All right, Ashley, go ahead, girl. Okay. Heavenly Father, I'd like to thank you for allowing us to come to you today. I come to you as humbly as I know how. Thanking you for just your amazingness and allowing us to be in your presence, Lord. I thank you for allowing us to realize what it is to be with you, Lord. I thank you for allowing us to just have grace and mercy each day through this week, Lord. Some of us know people who didn't even make it this week, Lord. And I ask that you keep your, your touch and your, your guidance with us, Lord. I ask that you watch over our children, Lord. I ask that you protect them as they go through the summer. This world is losing its mind. And I just ask that you just hold them up, Lord. These babies are dying out here. Babies. I thank you for allowing us to see your truth come to pass, Lord. We thought we would never see revelations and it's happening right in front of our eyes, Lord. And we're saying, well, what am I supposed to do? And you're saying, turn to me. I learned that. I learned that in this pandemic and trusting you and walking with you and talking with you, even when I don't talk to you, Lord. I thank you for allowing me to see another day. I think, thank you for allowing all of us to see another day. And this I ask in Jesus' name, amen. Oh, Father God, we thank you on today, God. As a reminder that today is July 9th, 2022, a day that will not be duplicated. So with that for today as believers, as we wake up, as we come together, And just thinking about that question um, that Pastor Shana posed to us, God. What will we do with our pieces to serve, God? Father God, I just thank you just for being who you are. Our love, our savior, God. Your miraculous power, God. You are such an amazing God. And we just thank you on today, God. Father God, Ashley even said it now that I'm thinking, Father God, that this world is, is, is in chaos and so destruction, but the world has made that decision. But as believers, Father God, what will we do? As far as us believers, God, it is marching time, God. It is time for us believers, Father God, to stand up bold, God, and courageous, God, of who we serve, God. And not letting this world of distractions, Father God, to try to seek and destroy us, Father God. We're not creeping into our minds, God. 
We will consistently praise you, Father God. We will consistently show who you are in our lives, God. And that the things that are going on around us, Father God, will not deter us, Father God, from your glory, God. So we thank you on today, God. We thank you, God, for who you are, God. We thank you for your love, Father God, in spite of, of, of our shortcomings, God. You still have your arms stretched out wide for us, God. And we thank you, Father God. So our excuses, Father God, are invalid, God. Our inconsistencies are invalid, God. Father God, this thing here is important, Father God. So, Father God, as we understand, Father God, as we said before, and time and time again, that spiritual roll call, Father God, of the importance of that, Father God, that we already show us what that looked like, Father God. Continue, Father God, to, to um, pick and prune those things, Father God, that are not like you, Father God, but those things that we try to hold dormant, Father God. Unleash those things, Father God, because we could be fully consumed by you. Because this thing is just so important, God. And it's solely just about us, Father God, but those around us, God. So continue to do what you do, God. We surrender everything to you, God. Because we love you just that much, God. So we thank you on today, Father God. Have your way today, God. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Lord God, pending the question of the morning, I pray for my brothers and sisters whose peace has been disturbed. Because again, the enemy is not seeking to play fair whatsoever because his mission is to corrupt and take our very souls out of your grasp. So I thank you, Lord, that you are the author and finisher of our faith. You are the designator of peace. You are all that we need to look to and all that we need. And I pray, Father, that as this word goes forth, that you continue to minister to each and every individual on this call. I pray, Father God, that the fertile ground of every heart is available and ready for seeds to be planted because you are planting so many seeds in this time. Satan, I rebuke you. You are no longer allowed. I don't care if we allow you to do it. I thank you, Lord, for holding us accountable in that and allowing us to see the Satan's tactics to remove your word from our hearts, our minds, and off of our lips. You have no authority and forgive us, Lord, for making him think he did. So I pray, Father, that as we go on through this, um, through this time of fellowship, that you are putting every seed, seed given, planted so deep, Lord God, that we have to seek you to understand what it means and understand as the Holy Spirit gives the wisdom, not as we think. So we praise you, Lord God, your servant humbly submits herself for this is you and not her. The moment she chooses to speak out of her own mouth, May you silence me. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, people of God, people of God. So I'm very excited this morning. Didn't necessarily wake up that way due to some thunder, but it's okay. It's, it's okay. I bounce back. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Got checked by God, but I bounce back. <laughs> so today we are going to be in Samuel 15, 1 Samuel 15. And of course, if you know me, you already know I, me, I, I'm a context person. So, you know, I'm going to do uh, some back, a little bit of back story before we hop in it. 
because it is, it is important that we grasp everything that God has for us, not just in certain ways. I'm not saying that God can't speak through a scripture because he does it very often. I'm not saying that he can't speak through one word like glory because he can. What I'm saying is today, okay, so this morning, um, when it was like, when I was asked to, you know, do fellowship this morning, I started thinking about things and the Lord asked me one question, like, why are you scrambling? You already, you already know. I was like, I, I know. And I was like, I do know. <laughs> okay. So, and that honestly is today's word on avoiding the scramble. Cause we have a tendency to, um, as uh, AK told us a week ago, and as uh, Pastor Alex told us this past week, when we are in war and we are in battles and we are being, you know, when life is coming at us, we have a tendency to not arise and go. We have a tendency to not arise to the occasion in battle. We have a, a tendency to retreat in certain areas because we are still compartmentalizing and not just blowing it all up and letting God shape it as we move forward. So we are going, we're talking about Saul today. So we're going to start in, I want to say 10. I'm going to just give like synopsis of each one before we stay in 15. And I'm going to give a little blurb for each one. I'll say a little blurb. We're going through Saul 15. I mean, uh, 1 Samuel 15. I'm going to just give a little blurb of 10, 11, chapters 10, 11, 12, 13, and 14. That's it. And honestly, if God, knowing God, he's going to take it somewhere after that. So it's all good. It's definitely all good. So first in 10, when um, Saul was called, because he was chosen in nine. So when Saul, excuse me, Samuel appointed Saul, Saul was on a mission. He went to go look for his uncle's lost donkeys. So when he, so when Saul came to him, Saul ran some things down to him and told him what was going to happen, that somebody was going to approach him and let him like tell him something that he was going to prophesy and that um, he was going to, you know, Saul was going to come down and do some burnt offerings. So continuing on through 10, everything that Saul, everything that Samuel told Saul came to pass. So he met with somebody that told him that the donkeys are already found. Like, don't, don't even worry about that. And he, the next thing he went and met with some prophets and all of a sudden the spirit of God came upon him and he began to prophesy. So that was God changing how the people saw him, changing how the people saw him and seeing God's power in him. So people that knew him as PA has been teaching in this house, people that knew him, he was different. He was different. As AK said, people change. We, we change the way people see us how, on how we continue to follow God, on how faithful, faithful we are to the things of God. And so as God is setting up his, who he chose to anoint, which is Saul, we're going to go to chapter 11 because in 10, he was, he was proclaimed king. So in 11, Saul is following God. He's doing what he's supposed to do but there's still some things that interfere with him 
fully going into leadership, fully walking in the freedom that God has for him. However, it doesn't reveal itself in this time because right now he's been given the charge of king. So he is doing what he has to do. So he uh, defeats the Am what the Am Ammonites and God used Saul to defeat them. And Samuel, and like, and right after that, not too long after that, in 12, chapter 12, Samuel steps down as being over Israel so that Saul can take his place. And keep in mind, in 1 Samuel 8, they reject God as king and they ask God to give them a man to rule over them. So, excuse me, in verses um, 9 through 25 of chapter 12, the people are like, okay, Saul, we know, um, excuse me, Samuel, we know you've done all this amazing things. We know you are a man of God. Please, in a nutshell, do not stop praying for us, is what they ask him. Do not stop praying for us. Do not stop like, like bringing God's word to us. And then so, excuse me, Samuel tells them uh, at that last one, if in fact, if you still operate wickedly, uh, verse 25 says, but if you still do wickedly, you shall be swept away, both you and your king. Okay, so now we're shifting into chapter 13. So in chapter 13, Saul is still operating in his blessing as being the Lord's anointed. Can I say that we have a tendency to put our blessings before God, ourselves before God, when he has placed us in a position of leadership? And the moment that we do that, that's when everything changes for us. Not God's plan. Everything changes for us. The moment we put our blessing or ourselves before God, like we can keep it. Roll with me. So in chapter 13, Saul is still operating again in his blessing as the Lord's anointed. Samuel gave him clear instructions, but Samuel, it was more of a, he foretold. So in chapter 10, eight, uh, chapter, uh, 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 8, Samuel tells him, like when you're in this, when he told him what war he was going to be in, and he said, you will wait for me seven days. Verse 8 said, you will wait for me seven days until I come and I will tell you what you need to do. So fast forward, here we are. This war, this battle, excuse me, is now in the present. And Saul gets anxious because he is waiting for Samuel. And, and Samuel doesn't come within the time frame that he said he was going to come. So with time frames, hold on, put a plug in that. So with time frames, Saul forgot the time is in God's hands. It's not his own. And he did something because he felt people were slipping away from him. He felt that he was losing how the people saw him. His own insecurities started to come out. And he did what is called an unlawful sacrifice. So as we know in Leviticus, they tell, the, they tell you who's supposed to do what. The priesthood is supposed to make the sacrifices in this time, the priesthood is supposed to. But Saul takes it upon himself to do it because he didn't wanna, he was tired of waiting for Samuel or he was fearful 
He could have been fearful that Samuel was not going to show up. But when Samuel did show up, which it wasn't too long after he decided to do the offering, Samuel was like, what have you done? Like, what are you doing? Because he clearly told him in chapter 10, verse eight, you will wait seven days until I come and then I will tell you what to do. So all Saul probably remembered was seven days. But in actuality, Samuel did come on the seventh day. It was just later than what Saul was expecting. But it, that, that's not what got me in that chapter. What got me in that chapter is when Saul responded to Samuel in a way where he felt his initiative would please Samuel and ultimately please God as Samuel is a prophet of God. So here we start to see a little bit of arrogance because he asked him, like, have I not earnestly asked God by, he said, I forced, what did he say? Hold on, let me, let me make sure I get this because I was like, yeah, that's bold. It's very bold, very, very bold. So he said, um, let me see, uh, verse 11, Samuel says, what have you done? Saul replied, when I saw the people were slipping away from me and that you had not come within the days appointed and that the Philistines were mustering in McMash, I said, now the Philistines will come down upon me at Gilgal, Gilgal and I have not, and have I not entreated the favor of the Lord? So I forced myself, forced myself, okay, I forced myself and offered the burnt offering. That was him stepping ahead of God right then and there. That was him not having faith. That was him starting to see his leadership in jeopardy when he didn't necessarily acknowledge that his leadership was given to him by God. And the fact that if God didn't tell him to move, he shouldn't have moved at all because the God, God does speak to his anointed. He absolutely speaks to his anointed. And with that moment that he chose to operate out of fear and not really understanding the grave consequences of his, his decisions. In that same chapter, 13, verse 14, um, Samuel tells him, now your kingdom will not continue. The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart and the Lord has appointed him to be ruler over his people because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you. There's a pattern. We're gonna keep going. So in chapter 14, uh, verse six, Saul's son, Jonathan, he takes his belief in God's power and his armor bearer, and he goes across the way to fight some, um, excuse me, to fight some men, the Philistines, because he's like, you know what? God has delivered us this day. God has put them into our hands. So we just gonna go and do this. And um, he did that because they didn't necessarily have any weapons because they weren't prepared. So it was only Jonathan and his armor bearer that went across. Jonathan was firmly believing that God was going to bring them out of it. And he was like, if they tell us, he was like, if they say, wait, um, we'll come to you. He said, well, wait where we are. He said, if they tell us to come to us, God has delivered them in our hand. So what happened? He said exactly what he said. And they were like, oh, come to us. And, and Jonathan was like, no problem. And God gave him and him and his armor bearer the upper hand. And um, in that, Saul didn't know that his son had left. Saul was operating 
out of his own rashness. And he made an oath that, and that oath is, is in, excuse me, um, Samuel 14, verse 24. Cursed be, cursed be anyone who eats food before it is evening, and I have been avenged on my enemies. So curse anybody who ate food before evening and curse anybody who ate before he was avenged before his enemies, not God. Again, he is putting himself before God. So when his son returns and eats something because he wasn't aware, he wasn't even there, he has to go, he has to follow through. They cast lots, they, and he tries to follow through with what he said he was going to do because he made an oath, but it was the people that stepped in for Jonathan. That was like, no, he acted on God's behalf. Like, that, like, he, like he definitely fought for God today. And they were able to see that he fought for God and that Saul may have been acting rashly due to what he perceived was not happening. So we're moving to um, chapter 15 now. So uh, at this point, Saul has been showing signs of regression. No matter how many wins God gave him, no matter how many times he was told that he was God's anointed, no matter how many times God placed him in a position, he always over, he ended up overstepping his boundaries each and every time because he wanted to hold on to something that wasn't his to hold on. It was given to him, entrusted to him. But he chose to operate because his mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual life was unbalanced and he began to scramble to do what he felt he needed to do to obtain the things that he needed to do to handle whatever situation to take care of uh, that person to grab on to this thing to obtain whatever uh, freedom to obtain whatever wins he decided that he was going to uh, he was going to scramble to maintain an anointing that his character couldn't sustain. So in chapter 15, he was given, again, strict orders to consume everything that is Amalekite, every single thing, animals, people, everything. But what does he do? He takes it upon himself to take the king captive. And that is not what he was told to do, regardless of his reasoning. That's not what he was told to do. So we're going to start at verse 8 of Samuel 15. So verse 8 says, he took Agag of the Amalekite, Amalekites excuse me, alive, but utterly destroyed all of the people with the edge of the sword. Saul and the people spared Agag and the best of the sheep and of the cattle, and of the fatlings, and of the lambs, and all that was valuable, and would not utterly destroy them. All that was despised and worthless, they utterly destroyed. I'm going to stop right here. So not only did you not do what God told you to do, Saul, 
you took it upon yourself to decide what was worth keeping and what wasn't. And sometimes we do that. When God puts us in a position of leadership and we are all leaders here, whether it's leading by leadership, you, there's a, a title that you were given, there's positions that God has placed us in. As leaders, we, we take it upon ourselves to dictate what God meant when he told us to do something. Instead of us listening for each instruction, each step and being submitted to him. And this is during battle. That's why the question of the day is, of the morning was, what do we do when our peace is disturbed? Because Saul scrambles and he resorts to fear and like just doing what he, whatever comes to mind, but doesn't necessarily think about the consequences of his decisions in the long run. So he decided what was worthless and what wasn't. Okay, let's keep going. So in verse 10, the word of the Lord came to Samuel. Verse 11 says, I regret that I made Saul king for he has turned back from following me and has not carried out my commands. Samuel was angry and he cried out to the Lord all night. Verse 12, Samuel rose early in the morning to meet Saul. And Samuel was told, Saul went to Carmel where he set up a monument for himself. He, he went to set a monument for himself. Let's keep going. And on returning, he passed on down to Gilgal. When Samuel came to Saul, Saul said to him, may you be blessed by the Lord. I have carried out the command of the Lord. So he not only, again, not only did he not listen to God and get rid of everything that was Amalekite, everything, he went and made a monument to himself. And when confronted, had the audacity, not before even Samuel even spoke, he said, hey, blessed are you. I have followed the commandments of the Lord. The question is, in battle, how many times do we do that? How many times do we feel, and I mean feel, that we are following the will of God? But there are some times when God uses, because if he can use a donkey, he can use anybody. There are times where God will send people, and I'm not saying listen to everyone, but the test of spirit by the spirit. He will put in our way people who are telling us that we are may not be headed in the right direction, or if we continue in this way, things are like things are not going to end well, or that before we even think to do it, God is like, hey, through others and speaking directly, he's like, hey, this that's not what I told you to do. Go back, revisit, sit, wait. But we respond because again, you know, it, it depends on where we are. And that, that was so factual what Evie Sue said earlier. We respond to God's instructions based off of where we are. And when we, when we don't truly submit it, and honestly, there's nothing wrong with being corrected or redirected or rebuked. There's nothing wrong with it because God chastises who he loves. But the fact of the matter is we are in battle right now. We are in battle mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually. We are in battle. 
and the enemy ain't playing fair. He has no intentions of playing fair. He has no intentions of letting up. His job is to make us curse God and die. That's what his job is. His job is to take everything, to turn our perspective of God away and make us focus on what's happening in the moment, even though God has already spoken to these things. So if he's already spoken life, for whatever reason, we allow death to seep in. For whatever reason we do that, regardless of any situation that's happening, we have a tendency to do that. We definitely do. Let's keep reading. I definitely love this part when Saul, Saul asked him, um, verse 14, uh, but Samuel said, what then is this bleeding of sheep in my ears and the lowing of cattle that I hear? Saul said, oh, they have brought them. They have brought them. He did not take responsibility for that as he is their leader. They brought, they have brought them from the Amalekites for the people spared the people. When if we go back up to verse nine, it says Saul and the people spared Agag. So now he's not even taking responsibility of what the people have done under his leadership. He's not taking responsibility for that. Okay. For the people spared the best of the sheep and the cattle to sacrifice to the Lord, your God, your God. Since when did he become your God? Is, is Saul not a Benjamite? which is one of the 12 tribes. Let's keep going. But the rest we have utterly destroyed. Then Samuel said to Saul, stop. I will tell you what the Lord said to me last night. And he replied, speak. So Saul told him to speak. When things happen under the leadership that we have been given, we, don't, we, we are not quick to take responsibility of it or think about our actions in part to what may or may not have happened. In this time, peace is a really big thing. Really big thing. What we do with it, how we accept it, when we accept it, in circumstances we choose to lead with it, can jeopardize what our position is in what God has us doing. Because keep in mind, he's going to get the glory regardless. And because Saul is scrambling on what he, and trying to operate on what he feels a leader truly is, he's not being the best one because he is not a full submitted one. Because keep in mind, it's Samuel's God now the Lord, your God. Saul is sliding out and forgetting who God has made him, who God charged him to be. He is putting his blessing. He is putting what God um, told him, the position God put him in above his, excuse me, before his relationship. Now he's starting to lead with ego and out of his own insecurities instead of settling and going back because it's about where we are in God that dictates how we move forward. 
So Samuel calls out Saul. In verse 17, Samuel said, though you are little in your own eyes, are you not the head of the tribes of Israel? Though he is little in his own mind, has he not been placed in a position of leadership? Because God saw something in him. But if we want to get technical, even in the beginning when he was told he was going to be king, Saul fought that. And we have a tendency to fight God instead of fighting in the actual battle. We take our, we make our battle with God going back and forth. And none of us are exempt from that. None of us are exempt from that. Submission is beyond key at this point. Because it was Samuel who first says, oh, like it is better to obey than to sacrifice. Because he like coming up, he definitely told him that. And it is better to heed God than the fatlings, uh, than the fat of rams. It is better to heed the word of God. Because at this point, Saul sealed his own deal. In chapter 13, God told him, he was told through Samuel, the Lord is going to find, the Lord has already found someone else. That, that is after his own heart. I don't want that to be our story. God didn't make a mistake. He chose Saul for a reason. He didn't change his mind about Saul. Saul did that himself. Saul's actions showed God that he was going to buckle under the position of this leadership. But God had already in chapter 13, told him that he was going to, that he had found somebody else who was after his own heart. So in chapter 15, Saul directly disobeys God by not killing the Amalekites. Instead, taking him prisoner, keeping the best of the cattle and the sheep, and then destroyed what he thought was despised and worthless. And that ultimately included the word of God because he was told to kill everything. So he decided that what God told him to do wasn't in his best interest. Therefore, also placing that on what he despised and what he thought was worthless. When we place our blessings and ourselves before God, our emotional, mental, physical, and spiritual well-being the vitality of those four things are going to be put out of balance. And when we are out of balance, we are not making the best decisions. When we are not making the best decisions or we don't see the things happening for around us, even in battle, we start to scramble. We start to scramble. Because chapter 15 was literally Saul's TKO. Like, God was completely done after that. And then he, when Samuel told him God's done, God is done, he like, and Samuel turned around, Saul turned around and tried to get Samuel to come back. Like, you know, just, just honor me before the leaders. You're doing all of this outside of God's will and you want kudos. Like Saul, seriously? 
Where's the, where's the repentant heart? Where's the acknowledgement of sin? The only reason why he said, oh, I sinned is because Samuel told him that God has rejected him. And he knows that he cannot sustain that position without God. And when Samuel turned away from him, he grabbed Samuel, Samuel and Samuel's robe tore. And Samuel told him, this is representation of God separating himself from you. And still Saul tried to get him to go back. Still. So Samuel did go back and Samuel did exactly what God told Saul to do. He killed that king. He definitely did. He did the job that Saul was supposed to do. People of God, in this time, we have to be mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually ready for what God is doing. Because he is going to continue to do these things because we serve an amazing God. And we are not going to be like, like Saul, who scrambled to hold on to something that was never his to begin with. It was blessing. It was given to him. So by him focusing on one blessing, he forsake all the other ones. The fact that God was using him in this position, despite of him coming from what is considered one of the least tribes, least of the 12. God is strategic. He did that on purpose. Samuel told Saul, God's glory is going to be done regardless of how you operate. God is going to get the glory. But before his men, there's no telling how their, their mental state was after that. And then from that on, if you know the experience of Saul and David, Saul was scrambling trying to find every which way to get rid of David. Every which way. And sometimes we try to find ways to keep things, to get rid of people, to do all of the things that we were never meant to do because God had not called us to that. Bible says Saul, Saul even went to go see a medium to inquire a medium because God stopped talking to him. He sought out a medium to bring back Samuel so he can inquire of what the Lord had to say. People of God, we have definitely have to remain submitted and not attached. Attached to situations, attached, attachments to people, attachments to jobs, attachments to organizations, there's a time and a place for everything. There's a purpose and matter for everything under heaven. But our purpose under heaven is his agenda. It is the kingdom agenda. God is going to do so many great things through each and every one of us if we allow him to. Because there's no sense in trying to do something if we keep fighting against what God is doing. 
if we keep going against the grain, if we keep allowing ourselves to be overwhelmed when we know thus saith the Lord. Because how many more revelations do we need before we believe him, before we move in him, before we understand this freedom, this battle, this power, this armor, this word that we move forward with because all of that is wrapped in peace. The peace of God is something this world has yet to see. And those who are experiencing the peace of God in situations that are stressful, like Miracle Marlowe, even Ashley, Ashley Proctor, she, she was like, she was going through some things too that she let out in, um, in fellowship. And we are all going through our own. We are all going through our own, but we have to adjust our response going forward. Because I have, like, I feel like the Lord has given me this thing. I always say it. I never let how I feel dictate how the spirit of God wants me to move because I can't afford to do that. Now, I'm not saying it hasn't happened, but when the correction came, it was like, ah, oh. I'm not saying sometimes we don't forget. I'm not saying sometimes that we can't make mistakes. I'm not saying that whatsoever. I'm challenging our awareness in battle. I'm challenging how we have placed ourselves before God, before the like, place of, place our blessings before him, things that we want to keep, people that we want to keep, situations that we are finding life from, like those things, they don't make us who we are. God does that. And he uses our experience to shape us. Each experience, each and every single experience that we have is supposed to sharpen us, supposed to prune us. Sometimes it's going to rebuke us. Sometimes it is going to correct us. Sometimes it's going to humble us. But it is all about how we move going forward mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Because any one of those, again, being imbalanced is not gonna help us move forward the way we can. Because I'm not saying that God won't use us, but we won't be used as effectively as we could if all of those four things were balanced. We could be used so much more effective because God was only able to use Saul for, an ex for a certain period of time. He went through the remainder of 1 Samuel as king. It wasn't, it wasn't abrupt, and that's what I love about God. It wasn't an abrupt change because the character of the future king had to be developed. So I'm going to encourage us today. I'm definitely going to continue to encourage us today. We have to avoid the scramble. Because when we get put into scramble mode, we can't really sleep right. Our eating habits are off. Our relationships with others are off. How we say things are off. There's so many things that don't line up when we are in scramble mode. 
questions, comments, concerns. Go ahead, Julie, I see you. Morning. Morning. Wow, awesome, awesome, awesome word. Um, I was just thinking uh, that you, <clears throat> you just cracked the code. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I'm sure that's not the only code to crack, but you cracked the code. At least for me, kind of a light went off in my head. The imbalance comes because of our attachment to things. Mm. If we release all sense of entitlement, expectation, and, 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 you know, just, just plain human, the, the human side Earthly. of our earthly possessions and interactions, then mm. we are in balance. That is when we are completely in line with what God wants us to do and be. Because we are unhampered, we're not weighted with the, my attachment to my husband, my attachment to my car, my attachment, all those things are, are bags that are literally getting me off of the tightrope. And it is a tightrope. When I say, I trust you, Lord, what does that mean? What does that mean? I trust you even if everything that I have is gone taken from me, destroyed, I lose it. My trust, my complete trust in him then allows me to joyfully be obedient and gladly sacrifice. Mm. So I just thank you for, for me, that's just such a, 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 a simple and complicated, um, complicated because of my flesh, simple because God said so. Um, just a really simple uh, reminder that our wealth is not here. Our wealth is not here. We're just, we're just passing through. And the reason why we've been chosen to pass through is not to, not for our own gain, not to see how many, how many trophies we can bag before the end, but how can we edify others and glorify God? That's what I got from your word today, Shay. Thank you, Pastor Shay. <laughs> Praise God. I'm all That's with really you. good. You, you definitely really good. something with that entitlement, though. That entitlement. Is <laughs> don't no don't we? It's no joke, especially when we? we're talking to God and our frustrations come in and we let come out of our mouths or our flesh. What else do I have to do? How come? Like I've done all I can do. Like I'm at how come? Yeah. The how come? That's the worst. How come? What can come after those two words that could ever be good and ever glorify? How come? No. Yes. That's just that's good. That's because that's like the genesis of envy, jealousy, um, you know, disappointment. How come? Yeah. How come she has it and I don't? That's the thing. That's the thing. How dang. come they're going through this? That I get to, you know. 
Yeah, that's a, yes. That's we don't know you, what yes, yeah. Go ahead, Sadiqi. I didn't hear you, bro. <laughs> I was saying, uh, yes, boss. I was simply saying that it's better from the perspective that I get to. I get this opportunity to praise the Almighty. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's about the perspective of how we approach praising the Almighty. Amen. Amen. <laughs> I'm talking about. My two cents, you know. Them two cents is taken, bro. It's absolutely taken. Is there anybody else? Sheila. Anybody else? Questions, comments, concerns? If there's questions about anything, please, please feel free to ask. There's any misunderstanding, please. You know, you know, in this house. Daphne, I see you. Where you at? I see you. It's green. It's lit up. I don't know if you mean to talk. Yeah. Yeah, I was at work. I'm not was. I'm still at work. But um, super, super awesome word. Um, confirmation. Um, God uh, dealt with me in this text a, a while ago about the bleeding of the sheep not doing all that he has asked. Because um, I love that part where he says, um, obedience is better than sacrifice. So not trying to, you know, sacrifice something that God didn't ask to be sacrificed. Um, and just following instructions all the way through, because it's critical and, you know, um, not being a people pleaser, it, it, this this word goes on in so many different directions. It, it's just an amazing if you just sit and, and really listen to it because not only is he talking to us, but he's also talking to us and then how we respond to the people that God will quote unquote allow us to influence. You know, so if we're to have influence in their life, but then they're influencing our decision based on what God has told us. I mean, it goes in so many different directions, right? Because we can't allow them to, you know, because then that brings us into people pleasing. You know, if we're just trying to, they, they get the, uh, I like the bleeding of the sheep as the people, right? So if they trying to tell us, bad, bad, do, do this, do this, do this, right? Because we want, we want. And then we fall prey to what they've asked over what God has told us to do. Then that's error, you know? Um, yeah, it goes in so many directions, but it definitely sets us up because, you know, um, I believe it's the NIV version where it says that God regrets his choosing or his calling of Saul, right? And I don't ever want God to regret choosing me, you know? So it, it's definitely getting some T's crossed and some I's dotted, you know? Um, it just bringing everything back home from what we've been hearing the last few weeks, so. Amen, amen, amen. God be the glory. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Amen. So before I turn it over to E.B. Sue for communion, is there any more, any more questions, comments, or concerns? Okay. All right, E.B. Sue. Okay, everyone um, grab your communion. If you have not 
done so yet. This, you know, we'll give you a couple of seconds to grab it. All right, we ready? So on the night when Jesus was with his disciples before he was crucified, he sat with them and he left some specific instructions. And one of the things that he did was that he decided to break bread with them for the last time. And as we look in first, there's many scriptures that reference to the last supper. But in 1 Corinthians um, chapter 11 and verse 23 to 25, it said that when Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, he took bread. And as he took the bread, he told them that they're supposed to give thanks. And he broke the bread and he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So let us break and eat. And in the same manner, after um, breaking the bread and eating, he took the cup and said that this cup is the new covenant in my blood. So he said that whenever we are together, we are supposed to drink it in remembrance of him, in remembrance of the price that was paid for us on Calvary. So in that same manner, let us remember the price that Christ paid for each and every one of our sins. Let us drink. So, Father, right now, we thank you. We thank you for dying on Calvary for our sins, God. We thank you for the price that you paid. Father, may we never forget as we partake of something that reminds us week after week for the price that you paid. God, we thank you. We thank you for our freedom. We thank you for knowing that we are washed and sanctified in your blood. So God, may we go through the rest of our day, the rest of our week, just giving you praise and glory for the price alone and the blood that was shed on Calvary. So God, we thank you in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Absolutely. I definitely, again, want us to remain encouraged. Please, please remain encouraged in this time. And just, I'm appreciative that the Lord uses the experiences of others in his word to teach us there's nothing new under heaven. Nothing. Not how we feel, not experiences. It's nothing new. And I feel like it's his ode to his people that come what may, I am still and I will always be, you know, as long as we allow him to always be. And that is love, joy, peace, kindness, all of those things that make him who he is. 
He has deposited the same thing within us. And sometimes we, we, we forget that. He made Saul a leader. He's made us leaders. Saul has made some mistakes. Saul did not learn from those mistakes, but we are learning from ours every day. So definitely be encouraged in this time because God is going to use us to free others. But he's starting with us. He's starting with us because it's a different kind of infection when freedom is it. Like freedom is infectious. People gravitate toward those who don't seem to have be buckled down by anything. And then they ask you why. And that is when we have to give an account for what we believe. So definitely be patient with yourself. And at the same time, let God be who he is in our lives. Let, it, let him back us up if we get ahead of ourselves. Because I'm not going to lie. I asked God at the beginning of the year to slow me down if I was getting ahead of myself or ahead of him. And I wasn't aware of it. And when I tell you, be careful what you ask for, people. <laughs> A sprained ACL later, okay? <laughs> Slowed me down. But also started to show me what was more important. Which is our relationship with him and a community that will keep us lifted when we feeling down. But I love you guys and enjoy the rest of your Saturday. Um, actually, definitely almost forgot to pray out. Lord God, I just thank you for this time that you have set aside for us to hear from you, Lord God, to learn from you, Lord God, to be transformed by you, Lord God. I ask that as each and every individual is being made and shown how to be at peace in the battles that we are in right now, that you are continuously, continuously making us into who you say that we are. I bind the enemy's tactics to throw confusion, to throw frustration, to throw um, coveting. I thank you, Lord God, that you are the author and finisher of our faith. You give us exactly what we need and we don't need a thing more. I pray, Father God, that as our mentalities change, shift, and submit to you continually each and every day because again this is a daily walk this is an hourly walk and i pray father that we embrace the patience that the holy spirit is giving us in this time and not move ahead of you in any way that we will make ourselves more than saul made himself so, Father, we praise you. We thank you. I ask, Lord, for those that are driving, uh, may they reach their destination safely and find everything well. For those of us who are at home and preparing for our day, uh, may we all just continue to have our hearts in the uh, position of submission and prayer. And though she got off, we pray that I pray, well, excuse me, we pray that Ashley has an amazing birthday and that she knows that she is beyond love because you are the author and finisher of love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the K-How podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, please feel free to email us at khowworshipla at gmail.com. That's K-H-O-W-O-R-S-H-I-P-L-A at gmail.com.